What's up and welcome inside the inaugural SI Gambling Podcast. I'm your host, Corey Parson, the fantasy executive. Now, the fantasy executive is what you know me as, as a fantasy analyst. Well, for my gambling analysts, I'm going to change my name to Mr. 110. Because no matter how many games I bet on a night, I always find a way to break even. Let me introduce my guys, Fantasy Frankie and Ben Heisler. Frankie, why can I not do any better than breaking even every night? It's not. Listen, that's not a bad thing, Corey, because most most uh, betters out there would actually take that on most nights. <laughs> what do you think, Ben? I'm try- I'm tired of being Mr. 110. I want to be Mr. Plus 150. I hear you, man. I think if you're going to go ahead and find a lot of those big odds, you can start betting golf with me and Frankie and, and some of the other sharp guys that we got over here. Or, and this is going to sound like the shameless plug, but the hell with it, it is. You can become an SI Fantasy Pro member, get those sharp plays from Frankie coming in last minute so you know the information is great. And then I think all of a sudden Mr. 110 is going to be Mr. Plus 325, maybe 350 as the seasons go on. I would like to get to that level right there. I'll tell you a little bit later on about my story in the NBA last night. But we do got a full show on deck for the debut. Going to talk a little NBA. Like I mentioned, I got a big Thursday night of college football coming up tonight. Kentucky Oaks, the tour championship, some baseball and some NHL. All some of the best action that we can find, especially where the sharp side is at. Let's get ready right here, Ben, and hop into the tour championship. Listen, I'm not the big golf betting guy, but kind of break down this tournament for me. What should we we, we be looking for? Yeah, this is interesting. Uh, As the dog shakes off right over on the side of me to kick things off again, this is how the podcast is going to roll with us here today. Uh, The Tour Championship, this is the end of the FedEx Cup. So all these points that a lot of the best golfers in the world have been trying to collect over the season, the Dustin Johnsons, the John Roms, the Justin Thomases, Webb Simpsons, all these guys are playing for the FedEx Cup Championship. And normally, most golf competitions each week, they usually start on a Thursday. This one starts on a Friday leading into Labor Day. Um, And it's uh, there's a cut so the top 60 something golfers will remain this is non-cut because it's only the best top 30 golfers in the world that are competing for the fedex cup and the other thing about this event and frankie can dive into this a little bit later too is you have a structured setup where all of a sudden dustin johnson is starting with a 10-shot lead over the rest of the competition because he has the most points in the FedEx Cup standings. John Rahm, who's number two, gets to start at minus eight. So already the best guys in the world have a distinct advantage, and that's why their numbers when it comes to betting are so low. Normally, even the favorite for a type of golf comp- competition most weeks, you know, John Rahm was, I think, plus 950, so nine and a half to one as the favorite last week at the BMW Championship. He's coming in this week at around three to one because he has a two, he's only two shots behind Dustin Johnson. Dustin Johnson's coming in at like plus 175. So all of a sudden, the way that we would normally think about betting these types of golf tournaments goes completely out the window because the guys at the top already have a massive lead before the girl, uh, before the golf tournament guys even starts all right so frankie with these weird rules and all of this stuff like this it all sounds like you know what i mean like a foreign language to me what is the best way that we find a sharp action what's the best way to play this frankie yeah, well, it's it's to play it, and but play it small. As Ben was reiterating right now, this starting strokes format, it's actually you know scaring a lot of the sharp money away because they don't they're not willing to bet big on 
any individual player this week due to that starting strokes format. But they do see value in three smaller plays. And that would be at Webb Simpson, who's going to be starting at minus six, four strokes back off the lead at odds of 10 to one. Xander Shoffley starting at four strokes under at odds of 29 to one. And then their bomb long shot play is Billy Horschel, who can be found at starting at one on the par, but he's at plus two. 250. So he's 250 to one guys. So, but right now the metric gaming sharps, they're actually saying that the value for him is actually also in, can be found in the top 15 and top 20 wagering because they're not so sure that he can make up a nine stroke uh, differential right now and close that gap and overtake Dustin Johnson. But they do think there's value in his top 15 and top 20 wagering. All right. So Ben, when I go to hit up tonight and make these picks, what am I doing with it? I think uh, Frankie's spot on. The metric's been so good for us all year, and, and salute to them uh, for contributing each and every week with the sharp action uh, over on our Best Bets article over at SI Fantasy Pro. But, you know, he brought up Webb Simpson, and this is a guy that has been so consistently good over the course of the year. And now you can get him at about 10 to 1, and he's basically the third place guy coming into the event. He's only four strokes behind Dustin Johnson, he's two strokes behind uh, John Rahm. So if you're looking and saying to yourself, yeah, I don't want to go ahead and just jump on the favorites. Somebody like Webb Simpson is in a really good spot. Uh, Frankie also brought up Xander Shoffley. He's been awesome in this contest over the last three years. He has a top one finish. He has a second place finish and a top seven finish. And, you know, I don't always, Corey, look for, for recent performance when it comes to trying to evaluate the golfers that I want to be on in particular weeks. But I also think how this guy sets up, whether or not he's a good irons player, whether he's good off the tee, whether his putter has been hot as of late, I think all those factors play in. So I'm big on Xander Shoffley at plus nine, 29 to one. Daniel Berger seems to be in the top three like each and every week. And he's somebody that you can get at 28 to one. So in those sort of middle values, I, I think there's some really good intriguing opportunities. And I want to give you a couple long shots too. This is the guys that you might be able to turn around. Uh, Frankie brought up, brought up Billy Horschel. Billy Horschel has been awesome in this tournament in years past. And he just snuck in as like the number 30 guy coming into this tournament. So he's playing with house money. He can play relaxed. He's got a lot of, of strokes to be able to make up to try and get to some of the guys at the top. But there's no reason why he can't make a run and keep it competitive. But if you're looking for a few other value plays. I really like Scotty Scheffler. He's a rookie on tour. He's 24 years old, uh, a Texas kid who all of a sudden was just dog crap. The first start of the, the restart, like he was bad. Corey, he was like me and you on the course, just getting our money taken left and right. I was in on him at the beginning. I was no longer on him, but all of a sudden this guy started heating up and he shot a 59 about two weeks ago at the start of the FedEx, uh, FedEx cup playoffs, a 59. That was 11 strokes under par. He can get hot real quick. Same thing with Joaquin Neiman, who comes in at 150 to one. And the reason that I'm on these guys, cause yeah, they can be really bad, but they can also be really good too. And for that type of value, they can make a run. All it takes is a couple of really good rounds and they're right in the thick of competition at really good odds. All right, good stuff, my man. Frankie, let me hop over to you right quick. Listen, I'm not really a big guy on playing the ponies, but every now and then I do drop a couple dollars on the ponies and it's normally doing the Kentucky, Kentucky Derby. Well, it just so happens our debut week we got the Kentucky Derby. Well, let's talk a little Kentucky Oaks right now. And also, if you got some Kentucky Derby news, all right, what we doing this weekend? Playing the ponies, Frankie. How do you play the ponies and what do we like this weekend? Like, if you're not a ponies player, you don't really know what to do. Like, do I just put $2 on everybody and hope a long shot wins? 
Well, if we start off, Corey, we look at the uh, the Kentucky Oaks. It's the Phillies that are going to be taking center stage on Friday. And the, this race is going to boil down to two favorites. And that's Gamine, who's an even money favorite, as well as Swiss Skydiver at odds of eight to five. Now, I don't advise playing either one of these girls on, you know, in a win wager because their odds are obviously too short. So what I'm going to be suggesting and what we've su- suggested here at SI Gambling is that you play Gamine and Swiss Skydiver on top in the win and play shows and play the trifecta and superfecta wages and then try to look to maybe get one of those long shots in third place. And if we look at the, some of those horses, that would be the number four speech as well as number three, Donna Veloce at odds of 15 to one. This daughter by uncle Mo is in outstanding form and has a great chance to really improve as well as the number eight hopeful growth at odds of 30 to one deep. Both these girls, they could really add uh potential exotic money and bring those odds up and really, really give you a chance to wake some money. So in the Oaks, it would be Gamine and Skydiver for me on top, but trying to get a bomb to maybe come in that third and fourth spot. Over in the Kentucky Derby today, as you mentioned, we got a little bit of bad news. It looks like one of my top long shots and one of my favorite horses in the entire race King Guillermo, who's owned by former M- uh, Major League Baseball Cleveland Indian All-Star Victor Martinez, looks like he's going to be scratched now because he's suffering um, from a fever. So that's actually going to have a big impact on the pace scenario. Uh, and we're going to really break that down probably tomorrow. I know that will happen to that more tomorrow right here. SI Gambling Podcast brought to you by SI Fantasy Pro. Ben, you fool around with the Phillies and the Ponies a little bit? I mean, if I'm getting the information from Frankie and from uh, Destin Heath, who's a trainer uh, over at Windstar Farms in Kentucky, yeah, I'm absolutely going to take a look. And, and what I love about our, our horse racing analysis is that you can tell that Frankie's been doing this for a long time. I remember the first time that I was editing one of Frankie's articles and I was going through all these different lists of horses that he had. I think it was for the Belmont. And I'm going through it and he's like, this horse is the son of Uncle Mo. And I'm going, what the hell is Uncle Mo? Like, I've never, never heard, like, I, I've got like a couple uncles here and there. Like, I didn't realize that we're bringing bringing family members into it. But like, if you go through it and, and Frankie can, can elaborate on this, it is important to know like who the sires are because you got a really good bloodline coming in from a lot of these horses and they made them and they go ahead and they're able to get other horses ready for racing by the time they're two, three years old. So, you know, Frankie, I was trying to figure out who the hell you were talking about and like why we were bringing uncle Mo and, and aunt Bertha into all these different <laughs> equations. But, you know, I learned something from it and that's what a lot of these, these sharp players are on when it comes to horse racing they know the family bloodlines here yeah no totally and that, that totally that's one of the things that you have to really look at and to, to just so you guys know i actually did have he passed away but i did have an uncle mo his name was carmine but we called him uncle mo and that's one of the reasons why he was one of my favorite horses and then right now he's one of the top sires in the entire country well, look at that right there. What a life, right, Corey? <laughs> what a life, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> this is my son, Zion Williamson. Now, nah, let me stop. <laughs> trying to hit that genetic, that genetic, um, trying to hit that genetic lottery. All right, fellas, we got some college football action kicking off tonight. It's nothing like college football on a Thursday night. Glad to have it back. So many people got so many opinions about college football, but we do have some action going on tonight. We got a couple of Thursday night games, and normally what I was doing last year, is I was hammering the under on Thursday nights. But I remember early in the season on Thursday nights, the over was coming in. Then it kind of shifted to the unders. I think we had a week, a six straight week run of Thursday night unders coming in. So got some information going down for some college football tonight. Central Arkansas and the University of Alabama Birmingham, they meet up. 
Alabama Birmingham is a 20 and a half point favorite. I just got word that that line has moved up to 21 and a half. The total Frankie is sitting on 49 and a half. The words, the, the things that I'm getting is, is sharp action is coming in on the University of Alabama Birmingham as far as that spread goes. And also we are seeing some sharp action on the over of 49 and a half. Yeah, that's definitely true. Uh, more so t- towards the side, Corey, because the UAB line, it it actually has steamed from its opener uh, that came out yesterday at 14 and a half. And within two hours here in Vegas, the line moved five points and it's passed through the prime numbers of 17 and 21 already to be standing at 21 and a half. So it, there may become value. The shops maybe might possibly jump in late uh, on the other side and grab more than three touchdowns at 21 and a half. But right now, UAB looks like the side in this game. Well, you like the side in this one a lot, too. Let me hop in right here. South Alabama and Southern Miss also tonight. Southern Miss laying 13 and a half. The total is sitting at 57 and a half. 83% of the money, Frankie, is on South Alabama. And we're also seeing some sharp action hit that under of 57 and a half. Yeah, that's definitely true, Corey, because uh, yesterday when, uh, actually last Friday, when this line came out, the total stood at 51 and a half, and it steamed yesterday all the way up to 57 and a half. Well, the Sharps today, they quickly found value, and they've jumped in, like you said, on the under, and they've actually pushed the line back down to its currently standing at 55 and a half. So it looks like the Sharps right now, they see value in going under an inflated total. Let me ask you guys a question really quickly about two of these games, because we talked about the fact that we're now seeing that line for UAB at minus 21 and a half, just ahead of that 21 total and the 17 total, Frankie, that you brought up a little bit earlier. How do you guys feel about doing teasers in college football, being able to go ahead and move that line in your favor, uh, plus or minus six points in either direction? So if you're looking at both those games, say Central Arkansas and UAB, South Alabama and Southern Miss, and you just don't like where that line is at, but you have a lean, how do you guys feel about doing that as a two-way teaser? You nailed it because I just got off the phone with my guy in Jersey before we started recording this podcast. And I was like, I'm teasing UAB and I'm teasing the under in the other game. So I'm going to take those two sharp sides and I'm going to tease them both downs. Yeah, that definitely offers great potential. Teasers are becoming quickly a popular uh, play of all shops as well as all players here in Vegas. But Vegas, they've caught up to that trend, guys. So now you actually got to lay, like in some spots, a dollar forty to win a hundred on two mm. team on two team teasers because they are actually becoming immensely popular and immensely successful in NFL wagering. You know what's so funny about you mentioned that, Frankie. I started this this same property, the same bet right here. I started it with a seven point teaser and it was minus a dollar thirty seven. I had to move it to a six point teaser just to get it to plus one oh one. Yeah, that because the the, the the odds makers, they know what what people are looking to do now and they see that you know, teasers are becoming more and more popular and more and more successful. Like I said, specifically in the NFL. And right now they said, if you want to do it, you got to lay the extra juice. When I first started working in a sports book back in 2012, I actually, these, a lot of places around town were offering minus 110 juice and maybe just minus 120. Within eight years, we're actually seeing some spots move 20, 25, even 30 cents from offering two team teasers. And that's a lot of wood to be laying. Yeah, that is a lot of wood to be laying on two teams. Don't like that. Listen, you're listening to the SI Gambling Podcast brought to you by SI Fantasy Pro. SI Fantasy Pro is where you get your DFS and your sharp betting information from. 
All right, fellas, let's get ready to hop in and break down and discuss some NBA. Oh, it's been, it's been, it, the restart has not been kind. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> a lot of the trends that we saw back in February and March are going out the window. And pretty soon the Milwaukee Bucks will be going out the window. And so will my Toronto Raptors be going out the window. But let's set it up for tonight, uh, Ben. I'll start with you. We got the Raptors and the Celtics. The Raptors currently right now, that number is sitting at Raptors minus two. A lot of money coming in on the Raptors. Sharp money on the over at 216 and a half. I am riding with the Boston Celtics again tonight. I don't I don't blame you because think about what we've seen from Toronto the last couple of days, especially in game two. Like this was a matchup they had the opportunity to bounce back. They've been so good, so consistent. Nick Nurse, I think, is a, another candidate. If he didn't win coach of the year he already, I he did win coach of the year already. So you know that he has everybody really fired up. Fred Van Fleet continues to take positive steps in the right direction. Uh, and Pascal Siakams is, is an absolute stud. But really what I've been impressed with with Boston is that Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, the two of them have really taken a step in the right direction. And, and Kemba Walker's impressed me too. And Corey, I don't know how you feel about the development of Walker in Boston this year. I kind of thought it was going to be kind of a me first, take as many shots as I can, jack it up. Uh, but they are using Brad Stevens' system really well. They're spreading the ball around. They're a good passing perimeter team. Daniel Theis is all of a sudden starting to make an impact. You know, Cantor's getting a little bit of opportunity as well. So I hear you by being on Boston. And there's already 70% of the money coming in on Toronto with some sharp action on the over as well. Um, I want to take that sharp side. I'm awfully tempted. But this is probably a game that I'm going to likely bet live and hope that I can get a better number on for the Boston Celtics. Because I can see Toronto starting off fairly hot and feeling a little bit confident about themselves. But then Boston has that tendency to creep back and do it slowly but surely. And all of a sudden, if Toronto gets off to a big lead, now all of a sudden, I'm taking Boston at plus four, plus five, maybe even plus six and that's a number that i feel great about tonight and it's interesting that you mentioned that ben because on DraftKings tonight on DraftKings, if you bet on an nba game at least 20 dollars, they'll give you a 33 percent in-game profit boost so that's a good number that. right there and that's the way to build bankroll and frankie nothing that does is that gives you a good hedging opportunity because last night i was able to take one of those live bets in middle that that um Thunder and Rockets game, and I was able to hit both sides of it. Yeah, that's definitely the way to go, Corey. I actually advised one of our team members, Scott Atkins, who has he a thinks wife. He's a, he thinks he's a gambling guru now, Scott Atkins. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> well, I'll tell you right now, he's got a three-team parlay after hitting uh, the two teams last night after taking Miami on the money line. Uh, so that's, a, you know, he he's actually stands a really good chance. He has the Celtics tonight as the, to finish up that parlay on the money line. And I advised him to wait. And I said that's exactly what I said, you know, what, what, what Ben was reiterating to, which was – Wait until Toronto maybe gets out to a six or eight point lead and then take Boston plus the points and look to exactly do what you did last night, Corey. Hammer that middle. By the yeah. way, I spoke. I don't know why I said Enos Kander. I was talking about Robert Williams. My bad. That's okay. such a bad mistake on my part. <laughs> don't worry about that. Second game in the NBA tonight, we have game one of Nuggets and Clippers. Clippers are eight and a half point favorites with big money on the Clippers. And we have some sharp action coming in on the under of 233. I mean, excuse me, of 223 and a half. Ben, I just don't think in the Western Conference semis that a team is nine points better than anybody else. 
I know, and we've also seen the Clippers be waiting around for a little bit. Remember, they got off to a bit of a rough start in the bubble, too, before all of a sudden starting to pull it together. And with Denver, you know, think about the ways that they had to win as of late against Utah. Like, I'm not putting them uh, in a situation where I'm taking them lightly at all. Um, you know, usually with the Clippers, I know that they have an opportunity to win big. Maybe Denver's a little bit tired. Um, but I certainly think they're going to come in fully prepared. They're riding a bit of momentum. Um, so give me, yeah, Nuggets plus eight and a half. I, I feel a little bit more secure on that. Uh, listen, the, from a talent perspective, it's still going to go to L.A. They have so much depth with Paul George, Kawhi Leonard. You have Montrezl Harrell coming off the bench, uh, having uh, really just an outstanding presence uh, on the interior side. You can beat up Denver uh, in the post a little bit as well. But Jamal Murray is playing on a whole other level right now. And uh, my concern is that it could be close in the fourth quarter, Corey. And then all of a sudden you put Kawhi on Jamal Murray, and that changes the entire dynamic because you know Kawhi can lock down almost anybody. No doubt about it. That's why we're going to have to see some good play from Michael Porter Jr. as well as Nikola Jokic is going to have to step up too, and we're going to see some, have to see some good play from him. So we're going to see – listen, we're going to need a total effort from the Nuggets. I will be sprinkling on the money line tonight too. I think the Clippers may have been rested and sit it for a little bit too long while the Denver Nuggets still seem to be in the groove. Frankie, when it comes to the NBA action tonight, anything you guys seeing out there in Vegas? Well, I'm going to give you guys some interesting uh, tidbit that, you know, Vegas Whispers was just able to get with my sources out here. 66% of the tickets being written at one sports book here in Las Vegas is on the Denver Nuggets. That means almost all the money is going on the Denver Nuggets. However, the line is moving in favor of the clip joint. When things yeah. like that, when things like that happen, that means that the short money is actually going on the clip joint. They're back in Kawhi to actually win. So my my tendency here, my early lean would be to actually back the Clippers and lay the points, which normally I don't look to do in an NBA game because, as you said, they're going to be coming off that long extended layoff. But maybe Denver is actually going to be tired or like Ben highlighted. Maybe Kawhi is able to go on Murray and lock him down because we know he's been hot as anything right now, probably the hottest player in the entire bubble right now. And I'll be, I'll be honest with you, knowing that all the tickets and all the money right now is going on Denver and the line is steaming in the opposite direction – Hammer the clip joint tonight, boys. I'll do that live. Thank you very much for that tip right <laughs> there. <laughs> I got it. Writing it down. Signs it delivered. You got it on the SI, you got it on the SI Gambling Podcast right here. That 33% profit boost that DraftKings is offering tonight will be going on a live bet on the Clippers at halftime. So uh, get it right. All right, let's finish up. I got a couple of little baseball uh, things that I find interesting, and I'll bring you guys in on this. I don't really know who the starter is or anything like that. Um, but we got the Angels and the Padres tonight. The Padres, the Angels actually have moved from plus 148, Frankie. They've been steamed down to plus 135. Yeah, they have. But I'll be honest with you, Corey. Uh, you fade the Padres right now at your own peril because this team is absolutely dynamic, both in a hitting standpoint and a pitching standpoint. And obviously they have their new starter tonight in Mike Clevenger, who comes over from the Cleveland Indians um, after uh, being traded late last week. And I'll be honest with you. I mean, I see this. I, I saw the same early line movement, but I'm not so sure. I have a feeling the Sharps may find value in backing the San Diego Padres at a lower price right now. And maybe Clevenger is actually able to, you know, maybe step out. But backing the pot, uh, fading the Padres right now, I'm not so sure I would be willing to do any of that right now with the way they're playing. 
The only reason that I might see some potential value in the Angels tonight is Andrew Heaney's on the bump and he's coming off of probably his best start of the year. Uh, went seven and two thirds innings, uh, allowed one run, uh, struck out 10 batters, but it was against Seattle. Now you're going up against one of the best teams, not just in the National League, but in baseball, and they crush left-handed pitching. Manny Machado has taken uh, Andrew Heaney deep twice in his career. He's got a 375 average with two with two home runs, four RBI. Uh, Fernando Tatis Jr., really good uh, against left-handed pitching, as is Jerickson Profar, who's done really well against Heaney so far in the past. Um, you know, as for as for the Angels going up against Clevenger, just not a whole lot of recent success other than Angleton Simmons. So I, I get the play as far as the movement on the Angels side, and maybe it's just Mike Clevenger uh, with not a lot of consistency. But that's a rested arm because remember, uh, Cleveland sort of put him on that suspended list for a while after that incident with him and Zach Plesac. So I get why the Sharps would probably have that movement on the Angel side, a guy who's coming off of his best start of the year uh, versus someone that just really hasn't found a lot of consistency all year. Let me bring you in right here. Stay with you right here, Ben, for a second. The Royals and the White Sox tonight. The Royals from plus 120 to plus 128 seems to be where, where it could be some sharp action looking at that Royals team tonight. Yeah, but even if that's the case, you know, you have Danny Duffy, who's put up a, a pretty solid season here in Kansas City. Uh, it's got 40 strikeouts on the season, ERA just over four. I think this is more of a concern against Dylan Cease because uh, this is someone that has an insane amount of talent in Chicago. Remember the White Sox are that team that I think uh, when we were interviewing BetMGM at the start of the season, uh, I don't think they had any bets. This is crazy. I don't think they had any bets on the under for the Chicago White Sox. So they had to move it up from, I think, 30 and a half up to 31 and a half, possibly even 32 wins on the season. So that might actually come through for them. Uh, but as far as Dylan Cease goes, I just worry that this is going to be a game uh, against Kansas City. It's a bit sticky out here uh, over in KC tonight that maybe it's an opportunity for the Royals to go ahead and get a couple uh, couple dingers off of him early. So I'll probably stay away from this game. I'm just not sure where to lean, but there is some sharp action coming in. Anything you see in Major League Baseball at night, Frankie, that they're talking about, or is it pretty dead on the strip? Uh, right now, we actually have one game that has come in, and that would be, it's going to make you a little bit upset, Corey, but the sharp money tonight is backing the New York Mets over at City Field, and they're fading J.A. Happ. Now, last night, the Sharps were all over the Yankees, and they were absolutely terrible last night in that defeat to Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay just took it to them. Just seemed like they were hitting a home run almost every inning. Uh, but it was just an incredible uh, right now how the Yankees seem to be regressing right now due to injuries. But right now, the shops are fading J.A. Happ. So the Vegas Whispers play for today right now for uh, Major League Baseball is the New York Mets minus a dollar eleven. So I live like about 10 minutes away from the from I guess the Nassau Coliseum on they they might have changed the name to it to something different now and it shows you how little I know about the National Hockey League but they're not even playing in the Nassau Coliseum they're in a bubble somewhere in Canada but this is a word I've got Frankie for a short paw later night the Islanders and the Golden Knights I could totally see that right now. I mean, the Golden Knights are one of the Vegas Whispers shop plays. We gave them out earlier uh, as a play when the shops backed them to win the West at odds of plus 275. Since that time, before the playoffs even started, the Vegas Golden Knights, the odds on them to win the West have now inverted, and you now actually have to lay $2 if you want to back Vegas. Vegas has just been playing absolutely phenomenal, and I actually expect them to close out the series tonight against Vancouver. The Islanders, as you said, they've been red hot. But I'll tell you right now, 
that fading the flyers right now, I'm not so sure. I mean, the money is steaming in right now on the Islanders, but I don't have any shot uh, action or any word of any of the shot movement on any particular hockey game tonight. But the Islanders look like they are playing some great hockey, and that would be a phenomenal series if they're able to close that out, advance through Philadelphia tonight, and take on Tampa Bay in the next round. I'd definitely be interested to see which way the shops go in that series. Yeah, Frankie brought up a really good point, especially with the Vegas Golden Knights, and he did mention that they were a really intriguing team that the Sharps were all over once this postseason really started to kick off. Uh, Roy Larking, who continues to put up outstanding work over at SI Fantasy Pro, gave out his best bets today, and uh, he's in line with that play. I'll give one of them out. You can read the other one by going to si.com backslash fantasy backslash pro. You can just also find it over on the SI Fantasy page. When it comes to uh, Vegas and Vancouver, the Golden Knights against the Canucks, Vegas is just out shooting the hell out of them in this series. Like it's, it's not even close. Um, this was after I'm looking at it over the course of the entire series. Vegas is outshot Vancouver 189 to 132. So when it comes to Vegas, having an opportunity to move on in advance tonight, uh, Roy Larkin is all over the Vegas golden Knights to the point where he's actually willing to bet them on the puck line. So you can get a little bit better odds. So he is taking the Vegas golden Knights at minus one and a half, but you get plus plus one seventeen odds over at DraftKings Sportsbook. All right, that's interesting stuff right there. Well, good stuff, everybody. Hey, listen, Frankie Ben, it's not bad for the debut, you know what I'm saying? No, I think we were able to work a couple of the kinks out. I had the dog shaking over the course of the show. (laughs) Frankie's action is red hot as always. And, uh, Corey, you and I are going to bounce back when it comes to the NBA. We need it, man. Yeah, no, no, we we, we do. (laughs) (laughs) You just not heard him. Frankie, did you hear him giving Roy all of these props? You know what I'm saying? I've been busting my ass all season long. Frankie, I was was hot before this, before the, before the, uh, before the coronavirus shut the season down. Yeah, you were. You really were. Your, your NBA picks were solid. I mean, Roy has been doing a great job, too, with the NHL. The NHL is, you know, listen, all these sports right now, it's been really difficult for a lot of bettors out there. Vegas sportsbooks have, re- have reported that they have been crushing people, specifically in Major League Baseball. But they haven't been crushing the shops that I follow. But they are crushing the rest of the uh, the rest of the field and the rest of the public out there. So to all our listeners out there, if you want to start winning, Stop following the shop money because Vegas whispers and the, the 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 information that comes out here and the information from from Ben as well as Roy and and Corey in the NBA all these things are going to be turning around. All these teams playing in bubbles, playing outside the bubble with teams with you know playing games with no fans. It's played havoc on lines. That's why as we were talking about earlier about line movements, line movements. Line movements haven't told any kind of story because if you've been following and only playing line movements, you've likely been getting your head handed to you tell me about it (laughs) that's exactly it tell me about it (laughs) so i mean where the short money is going it's amazing i don't pretend and i will never pretend to be a tout or a uh, handicapper, I do well because i have a network that i get the best short money and that short money is what makes money because as we always say in fantasy you guys both know especially you Corey, fantasy is reality well guess what so is so you know the short money that's where money is made and that's no, how you no, make money. No doubt about it. So agree with you 100% on that one. So that was it right there. The debut episode, the SI Gambling Podcast, brought to you by SI Fantasy Pro. That's where you go to get your DFS and your bets and your Vegas whispers and all that good stuff that Frankie's talking about. That's sharp plays that Frankie is talking about. Coming up tomorrow, more news on the Kentucky Derby. We got some more NF, I mean, excuse me, some more NBA and NHL and Major League Baseball. And of course, we got a full Friday 
and a full Saturday of college football coming up. So it's time to get down with the get down. And we are one week away from kickoff of the NFL season. For my main man, Ben Heisler and Fantasy Frankie, I am Corey Parson, the Fantasy Executive, and we are out.